0: Buenos dias, friends. It's another fun-filled episode of Doable Discipleship. If you're just joining us for the very first time, let's break this down for you. Doable Discipleship is a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as Brandon is going to say from his closet.
1: The show that helps you grow. You keep outing me.
0: (laughs) It's not. (laughs) Last time
1: I was under the robe, this time I'm in the closet.
0: It's acknowledging the... uh, A precariousness of your situation. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it. Anything that, it's your sacrificial nature, Brandon. It's saying I will (laughs) do what I must do in order to get the best quality possible.
1: To record this podcast.
0: Yeah, so Brandon's here. Uh, I'm Jason. It's nice to be with you guys again today. And we have a very special guest who is joining us. We're in this series right now talking about... um, Uh, The church in politics, we've been going through this, especially during election season uh, that that we've been in and uh, in some ways are kind of still in, you know, (laughs) there's still stuff going (laughs) on. (laughs) Um, And so we've been. Basically, talking through how should we as Christians approach or engage with politics? Now we're not again. If this is your first time joining us in this series, we are not telling you what or who you should have vote for. That's kind of past now, or or that kind of stuff. We're not going down at that level. Instead, we're looking at more of a macro level. Um, kind of how should we uh, engage uh, from a Christian? perspective, engage in talking with others, engage in how we think about politics and the role that it plays um, in our lives. And so today, we are extremely excited to have on with us Todd Oldhoff, who is a a pastor at Saddleback Church. Uh, He's been around since 2003, um, and um, he is also a licensed family therapist, and and not just a licensed family therapist, he is a... Counselor, therapist, extraordinaire. Is that is that okay to say, Todd?
2: Well, I don't know. You're you're too kind, but okay. I'll,
0: I'll let you say it. <laughs> I'm I'm sticking with it uh, because because I I truly believe it. So um, he is going to be joining us today, talking about uh, how we process and address and think about our emotions. So Brandon, well, why don't you intro us into our conversation today?
1: Yeah. So Jason, like you said, we are kind of, we're past the election. Um, we're still in the moment in a sense, but we what we wanted to do today is really get underneath uh, to the emotional level. What's, what's going on inside of us? What are we seeing? You know, I feel like even now there's, there's still a lot of flare ups on social media that you'll see. So like w- what's causing that what's triggering people and how can we take a step back and respond to the things that we're feeling Emotionally, so that uh, we're not constantly reacting to somebody, or reacting to a thought, or reacting to an idea, but we can live thoughtfully in the world. So, like we've talked about, there has a president elect has been announced, but even within that, there's still significant pushback. Um, and again, we're not getting into the political alignments. What we what we what it does tell us is that. It feels like our political maybe attachment or our political uh, the divide is still stronger than ever. Um, yeah, yeah, no, div- it,
0: no, I, I think you're, I think you're 100 right. It's, it's, it's not the first time that there has been questions about an election. Look like you can go back to Bush right. v. Gore, and you can, you know, get into all of that. But it's kind of one of the first times where it feels like there's literally two different truths that people are claiming and are edging. Right. And so, and it's almost like half the nation, right? Cause um, like Literally. you had, yeah. you know, it feels, it feels very literal that there, yeah. that half the nation believes, truly believes one thing and half the nation truly believes another thing. And so we're in this really weird, um, fragile spot As a country and as a people. And so what we want to talk about is how do we address that and approach that as the
1: church, right? Right, exactly. And I think what makes it particularly difficult this time around is that we are exposed to so much more Um, just because of the Internet. We are constantly being, it feels like we're rubbing up against... two sets of truths. And I I know that that sounds silly to say, but it feels like we're always bumping into something um, or a new idea or no, this happened. That's not true. No, that's true. But this isn't true because of this and that. So um, what we want to get to today is like, how how do we get to the point where this line of objectivity and subjectivity has feels like it's really disintegrated. Um, But we think it has something to do with how we recognize and process emotion.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's why we have Todd here we've been making him sit and just listen to us for too long now, although he's in his comfy massage chair. So he's not, you know, he, he, he's not upset about it, but Todd,
1: <laughs> we're very regal <laughs> in his massage. Chair. Yeah, the, the Todd father, su- the Todd at all. Father. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're very grateful that you're here with us because it, it was, as we talk about this topic of processing, understanding, uh, emotions, and really kind of seeing, the effect and role that they may be playing in how we process things, how we think about things, how we talk about things, all that kind of stuff. Uh, We thought, uh, well, obviously we need to get Todd on here. So uh, we got just a couple of of questions for you as we are addressing this. And then um, as we finish up the episode, we would love for you to jump in and and share anything that, that you want to throw in as we, uh, are wrapping things up today. So first we want to just Sounds talk good. about kind of the basic part of emotions. How do we address our emotions? And I guess we then should say, how should we?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a great, no, that's a really great question. Because you're right. We live, we're we're living in some really unprecedented times. I mean, not only do we have all the election divides, but we've got COVID going on, we've got people's lives disrupted. And so as a result, I mean, it, it's it's causing a lot of emotion, right? People are anxious. Uh, people are, are angry. Um, I mean, there's just all a, a whole range of it. When you look at how, how emotions are designed, right, God, God created our brains with, you know, kind of the proverbial right brain, left brain. And our right brain is designed to handle emotions. That's where our identity sits, actually, is in our right brain. Our left brain is designed... Uh, as a more logical uh, piece where we make decisions and choices and our convictions are there. And the the left brain is more focused and the right brain has, is is faster because it's making reads on emotion and all that kind of stuff all the time. And so what happens is, is, is those sides of our brain, when you talk about emotion versus thoughts, they're designed to do different things. So our thoughts are designed to solve problems for sure, right? That's where we make our decisions and everything else. But when it comes to our emotions, our emotions aren't designed to be solved they're designed to be soothed and so god gave us our emotions to be comforted actually uh, not to solve and a lot of times what happens is is when i let my emotions run the show i'm using them in a way they're not designed to be used and that's to solve when i use my emotions to solve problems what happens is my left brain i have to change what i believe sometimes to fit the emotions i feel and then make decisions and we see people do that all the time so that's part of the issue
1: Yeah, that's, that's really good. I remember you saying that, um, I've heard you said that before and that, that really struck me and that stood out of like our emotions are not meant to be solved, but to be soothed. And I remember hearing that and going, ah, now there's something, there's something really important and really deep there. Um, but it, when you think about it in the course of your life, yeah, it, it feels like that. Or when you feel like you're in a heightened emotional place, whether that is, um, even if you're excited about something you want to share that excitement with somebody else you don't really need someone to explain that excitement for you or if you're sad you want to you want someone to sit with you you want that com- that comfort you want that emotion to be soothed not necessarily someone to detail out and explain um like your, your path back to joy or something like that you you just want right. that that feeling to be recognized um ensued well, i love that
0: yeah it's so it's so cool because it places such a high value on empathy right it places right. such a high value on relationships because if you're in that deep kind of relationship then you know almost intuitively that you know this person just needs a hug I just need to hug this person I just need to be with them I don't need to talk it through with them but sometimes if you're if you're not as deep in your relationship with somebody then our go-to is okay well let me think about why they may be feeling this way and let me you know and so it just places that such, such that higher value on depth of relationship and on the role of empathy yeah
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and what I'm curious about Todd is, so what happens when we don't address them or what happens when we're not recognizing them? What type of place does that put us in?
2: Yeah, so what what happens is when we don't when we don't address emotion, a lot of people will say, "Well, I'm I'm not emotional." Well, that's basically saying like you only use half your brain <laughs> because we are emotional, whether you want to admit it or not. And again, based on your history, some families never did emotion, so therefore you really don't think emotion is that important. But stuffed emotion still leaks out somewhere, right? It builds pressure at some point. And a lot of times what will happen is people who don't address their emotions become very reactive. And so they'll either get angry eventually and the anger comes out of nowhere and they don't know why they're angry. Well Anger is a a a second second level emotion. In other words, there's a whole bunch of other emotions that are more vulnerable that are pushing up on the anger. And anger is just a a shoot at the top that all of that pressure is coming out of. And so a lot of times people are feeling a whole bunch of other things before they get to the place where they feel anger. And in this whole political environment, that's part of the problem, right? So people are feeling anxious or whatever. So they go to all of these different sites to find people who agree with them, thinking they're going to feel comfort. But all that's happening is, is that that is just increasing the intensity of emotion because they start to feel more like they're getting ripped off, and yeah, this is bad. And all of a sudden, it's it's pushing more of that stuff up, and it's just making them reactive. Because you know, hearing and, and regurgitating the same things, right? Going to your left brain to try to process all the time what's happening emotionally, and all of that is going to cause cause issues because it's not how it's designed. And we're seeing a lot of people uh, doing what what a lot of us do, and that is is we try to make our solution the soothe. In other words, I won't be calm and I won't be okay until the solution I've decided needs to happen happens. And then when it does, mm. then I'll, then my emotions will be soothed. Well, that, that can't be the case then because that means you're going to have pent-up emotions until you get what you want. The reality is is we're to soothe along the way as opposed to having it all build up because then I'm just going to be angry. And I, and I think that's what we're seeing in our society right now.
1: Yeah, it almost feels like we are at constantly at a state of like a low simmer, just anything can boil us over. Um, but I, I I really love that point you said that we want our sooth to be our decided solution. And But the problem with that is usually that solution is completely outside of our control. Um, so we're constantly in a state of heightened anxiety because we want something so bad because but it's, it's, it, the desire for it is really coming from, I need this emotion to be soothed. And if it can't be soothed, then I'm going to be more anxious. But then I also can't control how that solution comes into bear into the world or comes to be. Therefore, I'm even more anxious. Therefore, I'm always at a state of... Um, uh, uh, a heightened state where I'm just always at the point where I'm, I'm about to boil over and you might seem fine on the surface. Uh, but it, all it takes is one comment from your cousin on Facebook. All it takes is something that you've seen in the news and then boom, you're off to the races.
2: Yep. That's exactly right. And, and, and what happens is, is, is when we're, when we're anxious, Right. When we're anxious, we start. We, we think that we're going to that in processing it over and over and over again in our minds that somehow we're working on it and making it better. Well, the reality is, again, I'm not soothing that emotion. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm actually building the pressure. When you look at anxiety, anxiety is kind of like a tornado. Right. So when you're looking at handling anxiety, the goal is to stay in the eye of the storm, which means stay in the present. Because what anxious people do is they either get sucked out one direction in that tornado to the future, where the primary emotion is fear, because there's nothing I can control over there, or I get sucked into the past where the primary emotion is regret. And so mm-hmm. if you stew over either of those things, then what happens is you're going to spiral and spin and just keep processing and processing and processing. And, and that's what we're, that's again, with social media and everything, we see people doing that as opposed to staying in the present, right? Staying in that, in that eye of the storm, just going, Hey, I have no control over the future. And there's no sense in me going back and reliving the past. I needed to stay in the present right now. And what do I need in this moment for comfort, for whatever it is that I'm feeling? And how do I get that through another human being or through God? Uh, and there are times I can self-soothe as well, right? Where just the recognition that that's going on actually lowers lowers the emotion for me. So it's a pretty complex thing when you look at it, and this is why we see so many things that are that are out of kilter.
0: And that's why that's I good. wanted to try to focus in a little bit. So we've been talking about emotions, and you know, in in that we have them, in wanting to acknowledge them, and what happens when you don't. What are some ways for people to kind of start on the process of trying to understand their emotions? So some ways to stop and think about, what am I feeling right now? Or, you know, when to even do that? (laughs) You know, like, how can a person get started on the pathway towards emotional intelligence?
2: Yeah, I mean I think that the very first thing is is to, to be okay with the fact that you have emotion. I mean that's just the, the start. The other thing is, is to be able to identify what I feel uh, when I, when I ask people what they' what they're feeling, a lot of times they put the word i feel in front of a statement right so they say i feel that you're being mean. Well, that that doesn't tell me anything about your emotion. That's actually a a left brain statement, right? That I'm making a statement about you as opposed to um, taking out a, and and what I would say is it's always good to have a a, a word list of emotions in front of you because our vocabulary for emotion is very weak. We we don't use it enough. Uh, The other thing is, is if I give you a word list of emotions, then what happens is I'm engaging your left brain now in analyzing your right brain. So I'm already bringing balance to your brain because you can't read, you don't read from your right brain, you read from your left brain. And so I've had it where people have been emotionally upset, I'm mad, you know, they're all upset and I give them wordless, well, tell me how you feel. Right? Because they start reading the list, they, they can't stay mad and read the list at the <laughs> same time. So, you know, you're automatically bringing balance to the situation when that happens. And so taking out a word list, looking at it, saying, what am I actually feeling? What what are these feelings and emotions that I have going on? Then when I do that, the beauty of emotion is, is once I understand what I'm feeling, right, when I have vocabulary for what those feelings are, and I usually tell people pick three, you know, emotions so and, and pick them from different categories um, so they don't just put like, I'm mad, mad, and mad. But what that does then is the emotion, then once I identify it, points to the need, So now all of a sudden I go, wow, I'm feeling sad. Well, what do I need for that? I just might need someone to give me a hug, right? Or I just might need to have someone hear my story and just tell it. And all of a sudden I get relief. And when I tell the other person I'm feeling sad and I just need you to sit with me, they're instantly empathetic. Why? Well, because I'm giving them an emotion. I'm giving them something that's more vulnerable. So instantly I'm tapping into their empathy as opposed to yelling at them about what's wrong and then expecting them to understand my pain. It, it doesn't work that way. I have no empathy. And, and the one thing I tell people too is, is when you're dealing with your emotions, you have two options. You can either do comfort my pain or you can do feel my pain. You can't do both. So if I'm going to yell at you and tell you how bad everything is and how terrible stuff is, and then... I can't then expect you to now comfort me and say, wow, I'm really sorry. Your life must be hard. No, you've just basically parted my hair. You pointed the finger at me. I'm going to be either defensive or I'm going to turn you off. But if you're coming at me with emotion saying I'm really sad and let me tell you why and here's all that stuff that's going on, man, my heart now is tuned in because I feel like you're inviting me in to a place of comforting you. And then comfort can come at that point. So it's that when you're dealing with emotion, you want to identify what they are that points to what your need is. And then you seek comfort for that. Like I said, either through people or through God, or sometimes I can self-soothe. And what happens when I do that is I end up responding to my emotions instead of reacting to them. And so when I don't identify, I'm, I'm doomed to be impulsive and react. When I identify them, now I can respond to them in healthy ways.
1: Todd, that's, that's so good. Um, one of the things you said that I, I, I want to circle back to. So would it be correct in saying that most the, 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 the outburst maybe that we see, um, is it safe to say that that's usually tied back to somebody's pain?
2: Yeah, a lot of times it's tied back to somebody's pain or even perceived pain. Um, you know, when you, if I listen to enough media telling me that the world's going to end or telling me that I'm getting ripped off and that stuff isn't, you know, or something bad's going to happen if this happens or whatever, right? It depends on what I'm consuming as well and who I'm talking to. What happens is that, that stirs emotion in me. Right. So, so now Mm -hmm. I'm starting to get this pent up emotion of going, wow, I never thought I was supposed to be afraid before, but somebody's telling me I should be. So I guess I am. Right. So, so literally that, that can be manipulated to the place where, where I start to feel these emotions. And then I don't know what to do with them. I'm now caught up in the cause or I'm caught up in the fear. or I'm caught up in whatever it is I'm being told. And I, again, that creates anxiety and starts to spin. I mean, it, it look at, look at the advertising industry, right? I mean, they sell things based on emotion, right? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden I, there's something there that I never knew I needed, but now I know I can't live without. Well, that's not a rational decision. I didn't go. Well, look at that. I measured all that out, and yes, I. No, it's like emotionally. All of a sudden, I feel like I need it, and so that's you know, you've heard people have buyer's remorse, right? Well, what is that? Well, it's I bought something on emotion, and now I got it, and yeah. now it didn't fulfill. And I'm like, oh crud! What am I going to do with this thing? You know? So, yeah. so absolutely, yeah. those things are present.
0: I want to yeah, see. I, I, go for it, Jason. Cool. I was just going to say I, I wanted to to step back to what you were t- t- talking about fear, and and kind of. And tie that back into what we've been talking about in this series with with the election and and politics in general and whatnot, because we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, how it seems like there's these two truths that are happening right now. There's half the country believes one thing is to have the country believe another. And uh, I would venture to guess that a whole lot of that is based in fear, right? Because... Because you have one side that is trying to make you fearful about what will happen if the other side wins. And same thing on the other side. Both sides are literally telling you if this if if we lose, then you should be afraid uh for what will happen. And therefore the
1: ambiguous they is coming to get you.
0: Exactly. And but who is, is they? this? <laughs> and so fear is not only then becomes an emotional base that is affecting. Um, your other emotions that can lead to anger, that can lead to um, um, a despondency or depression. But um, it then also becomes a truth distorter because you are now seeing things through this false lens, in many cases, of fear. Um, So is there something that you can speak to into that, Todd? Does that sound like that's tracking?
2: Yeah, that's tracking for sure. Because what we know is, if I can, if I can stir up enough emotion in you, a lot of times you, you can, you people will actually change their beliefs to fit what their emotions are telling them. Hmm. So, so it's, it's that's what manipulation is all about, right? So, it, it, uh, literally, a lot of times people feel something and then look for a thought to back it up. Well, that, that means that I'm not starting from a place of a conviction or anything like that. I, I'm starting from a place of, let's say, fear. So now I go, oh, what should I be afraid of? Wow, they're telling me this is going to happen. That must be true. Then I go look for more things to back that up, and I will find them, right? Mm. And all of a sudden that happens, and now my fear is being confirmed by the things that I'm reading and looking at and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's why we have such a divide right now because because it's it, it's interesting that in many cases it's a vote against sometimes, not a vote for. Um, you know, and that's all fear-based, right? If, if I do this, something bad is going to happen. And so all of a sudden now, you know, when you have those situations, that's what, that's where you have a lot of those clean divides sometimes because it's all, it's, it's fear-based. Um, and man, I tell you, you get me afraid of something and I really believe it's going to be that bad and going to happen. Well, shoot! I'm going to do whatever I can to to protect against that, and you see, and you can see that fear in just even little things too, right? I mean, I, I remember when I don't know if you guys remember when you know we had the recession deal, and and all of a sudden they stopped selling Twinkies. Well, all of a sudden, everybody wanted Twinkies, right? And they, yeah. they had to go buy up all the Twinkies because the Twinkies were going to be gone, right? And then they brought Twinkies back and now they're back on the shelves and they're still sitting there. So, it, you know, even that dumb little thing there, right, where it creates a fear of something going away, I, people reacted on that fear. And how many Twinkies can you can you eat, right? You bought all this and now they're going to expire. I mean, it's just, it's one of those, it's one of those things that i I think in politics and and just in and a lot of things in the world in general uh fear is a powerful motivator and people tap into that uh to get you to get you to react as opposed to respond except so i think that's what's going to do on.
0: twinkies expire todd
2: you know, is I there don't any know. scientific
0: proof that twinkies expire i don't know what, i don't
1: know I don't know. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. You just want to enjoy it. Um, you, you know, Todd, yep. we've been talking about listening, empathy, moving towards our neighbor, um, even moving towards our perceived enemies. Um, but, and it feels like the culture right now is, Hey, create a character of the other side. You know, they're all like this. When, when in reality, we, we don't know that. Um, or you know there's justifications for hey you, it's okay to demonize them because they deserve it and they're all bad or they're horrible people so that's that's totally okay like it's that's not a that's not a bad thing to do um and we i feel like we're seeing this a lot um or you know someone criticizes your leader or criticizes your party and it feels on such a deep level like that's a criticism to your core it's a criticism of you are there steps we can take to move into, because like as you're saying, like how do we move yeah. into the pain or how do we move into the fear? So it's not just, I can't get close to that caricature of a person I've created or no, I've, I've already demonized that person or I can't, so how am I in the world? Can I move close closer to them? How can I move towards empathy and love and listening? Um, what could we do to help ourselves practically in doing that? In empathy, in love, in not seeing our enemies as um, unredeemable, but no, I want to move toward towards them in love. How do we do that?
2: Well, I mean, I think I think the first thing is is we've just got to be um, aware and, and and stop seeing people as threats. Um, You know, if I fear your position and I can't tolerate hearing your position at all, then you're a threat and I'm reacting to you. I'm not responding. Um, So I've got to I've got to start from a from a perspective of saying, look, every human being, right, is created by God. That means we have dignity. And that means I'm called right to 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 love you, even if I disagree, uh, disagree with you or your position. And so we've got to humanize people again if we're going to possibly have any impact on on loving them and and all of that. Then the other thing is is rather than argue uh, positions and make everything a sort of singular issue type of a thing, instead what I need to do is understand why you have come to the position you've come to. How How are you feeling about it? I would go right after the emotions, right? If you want to humanize it, well, tell me how you're feeling about all this stuff. Right. Depending on, you know, I guess there's candidate one or whatever's happening in the world, then it's gonna be I'm distressed or I'm happy or I'm cautious, whatever it is. Let's find out what you're feeling and just empathize with that. Empathize with what somebody's going going through. Uh, we have this weird thing of like, you know, we we my side won. So now I'm gonna stomp on you and say, yeah, in your face and all this kind of stuff. And then, I, and then yeah. I wonder why aren't these people falling in line and supporting, you know, I don't know if it's it the new president or whoever it is. Well, because if, if you keep, you know, shoving it in somebody's face, as opposed to, you know, understanding that, hey, there's some people that are really distressed over it. Maybe they're not happy about it. Okay, well, let me at least have empathy for them. So if we can understand what someone's feeling and in a lot of cases, maybe it's fear or whatever it is they're feeling. We can at least comfort that. I can comfort that without details. I don't. I, I mean, if you just tell me you have fear, I'll listen to the why. But I can now lean in and say, hey, what can I do, right? How can I help you? How can I comfort that in you? So the details even in that, in that moment don't matter. Um, many times we hear the details. People want to say, well, that's why you're feeling that way. So knock it off or stop or whatever. That's not how emotion works. I have empathy and compassion. I can move towards my neighbor that way. So understand that that behind every one of these issues and things is is a human being created in the in the image of God. And just because we disagree doesn't mean we can't love. I mean, shoot, if you've been married, you understand that concept. Or 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 you're not married anymore. <laughs> so
0: I I think what you said just there is uh probably all that needed to be said for this entire episode. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> which is <laughs> just it. is literally just ask somebody how they're feeling like if you're if there's somebody who you're in a disagreement with like last week we talked about making sure that you are praying for them and mm-hmm. uh, i just want to clarify too that uh when we say pray for them it does not mean god please make them see the error of their ways Or make them like me. Or make them like me. It's 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 God. I I just ask for your hand of blessing on them. Help me to understand them a little bit better and help our relationship to get deeper. So just wanted to clarify that. Make sure that we were on the same page. Yeah, that's Um,
2: otherwise we're praying against them, not for them.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is a great point. There's a difference between praying for them and against them. That that's great, but. Um, so last week was about praying for people who you may not see eye to eye with on all things. But this week, it's ask them how they are doing. Ask them what they are feeling, right? You just, if you know somebody who is um, who is in a, is taking the election and where we are at in terms of politics very hard, talk to them. Ask them how they're feeling. I mean, give them space. To share without judgment and just being somebody who say, "Hey, I, I just want to hear you out. I just want to listen to you. I just want to give you that space and know that you're loved, even if we don't agree. Like even if I'm I'm happy as a result of what happened last Tuesday, um, and you, you may not be. I still want to hear about. I, I still want you to feel safe." To- talking to me about it and yep. um yeah that's just that's such yeah, a great and,
2: point and be yeah and being willing and being being willing as well then to comfort what mm-hmm. you hear right i mean we're called we're called to do that right i mean paul paul was you know crazy enough to say hey I, I i hope i go through a whole bunch of other problems and troubles like bring it on because it gives me more places from which i can comfort people I mean I mean you know I mean he was like bring on the pain so I can comfort people. Yeah. And and in this case that's what we're called to do, right? And if we can go and and we can comfort those even those that we disagree with just by understanding how they feel, right? And and remember this about emotion too. We don't we don't choose our emotions. Right? Our emotions show up. It's what we do with them when they show up. So yeah. it's not like someone's bad bad because they are experiencing an emotion. It's not like they chose it. So when it comes up though, then let's accept it for what it is, move towards them and attempt to comfort that emotion, and what you'll find is, is you you win a friend. Because at the end of at the end of all of that, right? God designed those emotions for comfort because they're connection, their connection as well. That's how we connect with one another. And God himself is an emotional God. And so if we can get into that space where we're being like Jesus, right, we're, we're being like him by comforting those emotions and other people, connection happens when 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 those things happen. And guess what? People are better easy to listen. Like I tell people all the time, you have to soothe before you solve. Mm-hmm. And so if I don't soothe, then I can't hear your solution. And this is why people are yelling into each other's ears and nobody's listening, because I haven't taken the time to soothe first. Then I can hear hear your your position and your argument. Then we can look at solutions together. So it's really important.
0: Yeah, we've really said it good. a lot the past few months, but it's worth repeating here. Is we've been saying, a, a proximity breeds empathy, and that's in and, and this is even a deeper type of proximity that we're talking about because we're talking about the vulnerable because people, you know, everybody has emotions, and but for some reason we're in this. A society that kind of thinks it's almost weird to get emotional or talk about your feelings or emotions with somebody. And, um, but this is our encouragement is like we are called to this level of depth, right? We are Mm -hmm. uh, called um, to engage with others in this space, and especially because we cannot expect that other people who aren't believers are going to engage in this way. So it's even right. more important that we do.
2: That's right. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and when we do, right, then that's, that's where they, they can experience Christ. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he, he, Jesus yeah. did it. him Jesus did it himself, right? He, he didn't, he didn't go and, and beat people up with the truth. he, he met them where they were at and and comforted and and then then would deliver truth and i think if 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 we can do that for people it, it, it's fascinating because sometimes just the comfort is the truth right the comfort is what's needed that's it and in that insight happens and uh and i think it's i think it's just really important that that we acknowledge uh, that that's what's going on because in our society, we like to think we're rational in our thought, but really most of what's going on is emotional reactivity because no one, in no one in, you know, a lot of times people in their right minds look at some of the things they wrote and they cringe later um, and, and go, boy, I, that sounded so good when I was typing it out now, boy, I'm horrified by it. Right. And, in there. <laughs> and, yeah. I was going to say, and the reason for yeah. that, right. Is because it was all, it was all my emotions driving the bus And, uh, and that, and that's what we're seeing right now. And I think if we learn how to handle this better, we can, we can really be a light in, in a world right now. That's just, you know, got emotion, you know, bleeding all over the place. So.
0: it was it was hard to walk brandon back from the brink when cam newton left the panthers like he was emotionally just invested and it was like dude dude be careful of what you're writing and saying right now you're not gonna
1: want (laughs) to look back on it (laughs) yeah i need to delete those tweets off the internet and uh no um Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I was a, I was a little distraught. You know, you know what? I can I'm going to own that. I'm going to own that emotion in me. I'm not going to defend. There you go. I was in a bad place. I'm in a better place now. Things things are okay. Um There you go. There you go. <laughs> that's good. You know, there there's more on our outline, but I think everything that's been said today needed to be said and I think I'm sensing now is a good time to to, to, to wrap up. So maybe we'll get to some of the other stuff next week um, as we kind of wrap up this series. But Todd, you know, we call this doable discipleship, All right. We want to, how do we make it practical? How do we, how do we do it? Um, and let's make it practical. Let's do, let's pick one thing <laughs> from your experience. What is one thing? What's one step somebody can take to Move towards emotional health.
2: Yeah, I would say I would say the 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 one thing that I would say is get get a word list, right? You can you can find emotional word lists all over the internet. Um, well, maybe we'll try to link to one in the in the notes, and just spend some time personally yourself identifying how you're feeling on a regular basis. And, and what I would do is I would do that in the context of your of your time with God. Uh, David did this all the time, right? When you read the Psalms, David brought his emotions to God. He laid them right out on the table, and you can even watch how they would take him all over the place. But then he would always come back to this basis of I trust God, right? God's here. He loves me. I know He's going to take care of me. He's my refuge. All those kinds of things. So I would use that in the context even of your quiet time to say, "Okay, Lord, let me just pray to you what I'm feeling today," and I just I just put it out there. And if you journal better yet, journal it out, right? Write those things out. And then I would I would just sit with that for a minute and just either ask God for clarity on what you need for comfort or try to figure out what you might need for comfort yourself. Now, it might just be bringing it up to the Lord and putting it in front of him and that's enough. Or it might mean, nah, you know what? I need to bring this up with my friend and I just need to be heard or I need a hug or I need, you know, whatever it is that you think you need for, for comfort. Um, and, and just give that a shot, because if you become comfortable with it yourself, then it's going to be a lot easier for you to see it in other people and to help them. Because remember those you're engaging don't have vocabulary. So you're going to have to sort of like put yourself in their shoes and go, you know what? It seems like you may be feeling disregarded or Mm. belittled or, you know, anxious or whatever it is so that you can help prompt them in what their emotional experience is. So I would say the very first thing to do is, is again, do it for yourself. And when you get, when you get good at that, it's a lot easier to, to, to see it in other people.
1: Love it. Love it. That's so good. Um, you guys, what we'll do is we'll put uh, that list in the show notes so you can download it. They can take a picture of it. You can write it out, whatever you need to do to engage with it. We encourage you to do that. It'll be in the links to the show show in the show notes. Um, I think this has been a great episode. I'm good. You guys, anything else you would want to say or need to add? All right. We love you guys. We will be back next week with you. Uh, Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Todd. Yes, Thanks guys. I, I, I
2: had a blast. Thanks guys.
3: doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.